November 17th, 7.02 p.m. 2022. The NBA season is a rolling. And I'm a Knicks fan. John, you're a Rockets fan. Ethan, you're probably the happiest fan of the three of us. <laughs> Although, you yeah, losing streak, but you are a Cavs fan. So... We gave it away. Ah... <laughs> For those listening at home, Ethan is wearing a Cleveland Cavs snow hat, a uh, Cleveland Cavs red trainer, training windbreaker, underneath that, a Cavs jersey. Sejunas uh, Lagoskis, for the record. Oh, <laughs> Z-Man. Z- and underneath that? Yeah, there's a... Like a... It's hard to see because it's faded, but it's like a throwback logo shirt. Wow. So layers deep here. Layers deep. You're rolling deep. You're rolling in the deep like Adele did. (laughs) He's a role model. What can I say? Yeah. (laughs) All right. How how would you say your Cavs are doing so far? How are you feeling about the season? So... Obviously, right now, in a bit of a tough stretch, it's a five-game losing streak following an eight-game winning streak. Mm. And, you know, as long as this losing streak does not extend beyond eight, I'm not going to hit the panic button or anything. Um, Because there's a lot to be excited about. It is a really uh, fun team with a lot of young talent, a lot of uh, potential yet to be tapped. Um, So... uh, are we, are you are we going for a rating or are we Yeah, give me a 1 through 10. I'll give it I'll give it a 7. If you'd asked me like a week and a half ago, it would have been like 9 or 10. It was yeah. we were really rolling. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We had just beat LeBron and they were like, "Oh, let's put out some articles about how the Cavs have finally moved on and <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't beat them since Baron Davis was in town." Wow. So, yeah, it's been a that's it's been a while. Um, and obviously the Lakers are a mess. So, uh, there is that, but, um, yeah, been a, you know, that, the rest of that Western road trip has did not go great. And we just got shellacked by the bucks last night. Uh, we are missing some guys, but so are they, you know, that's just mm-hmm. an excuse or whatever, but, uh, you know, we gotta get, gotta write the ship real quick here. Well, a few of those games in the five game losing streak were without Donovan Mitchell, right? Correct. Yeah, we've we've had, you know, Mitchell's missed some time. Uh, Garland's missed some time. Allen um, has missed some time as well. Dean Wade has missed some time. Uh, so there's, you know, real, really key guys that, you know, we haven't uh, had a chance to, you know, be at full strength for a long enough stretch to really, you know, have a good sense of like, okay, this is what we got. Um, 
Because for a minute there, it seemed like, oh, maybe we're going to just rocket ship to the moon. <laughs> and then it was like, no, no, they're still young. It's mm-hmm. not going to be that consistent. They're going to have their downtimes and, uh, you know, growing pains as well. Yeah, there was a game, I think, while Donovan Mitchell was out, maybe three games ago, um, that Garland had an amazing game. He, I mean, they they didn't they didn't win. Maybe it was against Dallas. Right. Is this? No, that was. I think he was. Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. almost came to town, and they got a big lead early, and we had been kind of slouching early in games. Um, and Garland was basically the reason that we were clawing back. And we got it within a possession, but they just couldn't close the deal. But he put up 51. He hadn't done that before. Um, I think Kyrie was the last – or I guess LeBron was the last cap to do it because he did it in the, uh, the finals, um, also in a losing effort. That was that famous J.R. Smith game, um, which I like to remember J.R. Smith for better things than that game. (laughs) But but that one's pretty iconic. (laughs) What – yeah, so so I guess before this season, it was probably – the expectations were like, okay, this is – we now have a great young core. It's a completed core. I mean, we're still going to add pieces to it, but, like, let's see how this goes. Probably during the eight-game run, it was like, okay, we're competing for a championship. Yeah, I mean, and, like, I don't want to let go of those expectations just yet, you know? I mean, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, uh, coming into the season, certainly excited about Donovan Mitchell. There's certainly questions about, you know, how good are they going to be right away? Because it's like, if you go all in on a, a deal like that, you're, you don't want to be a play-in team anymore. You got to yeah. be... Uh, Hopefully, and like right now, even with this losing streak, we're still a top four seed. We'd still be hosting in the first round, which I think I, I think that's like kind of the realistic goal. Um, you know, obviously the Bucks and the Celtics are still, uh, you know, consistently top teams in the East. But if we can hold on to a, a four seed by by season's end, um, I think that will that would that would be a success in my eyes. Um, even if you know. It fluctuates like, oh, this game now we're championship con- cha- championship contenders. Next game, like, oh, we gotta get rid of all of our role players and start again or whatever. Well, that would be bad if the lows got to that point. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest question mark still is at the small forward position. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know the other four starters, but who's going to be in there that makes the fit magically work? And Dean Wade feels like maybe that guy because. He's, um, you know, I, we could talk about Larry Markkinen out in Utah having a very good season. If he was here still, he'd be in that kind of role of like, okay, we want you to plant yourself on the three-point line and then, you know, do what you can with your length on defense. Um, and the question mark there is, one, that JB has so far opted for, when everyone's fully healthy, Karis LeVert in the starting lineup to be more dynamic offensively. Um, and then, two, uh, you know, there's – health concerns. I mean, Dean Wade couldn't play last night and uh, it was an injury that took him out of the season last year. And so, you know, it's tough to uh, solidify like, Oh, this is, this is what we got um, before really seeing them for an extended period. Right. So it's Karis LeVert now. Um, Do you think they're going to upgrade that spot some point this season? I don't know about in this season because like the the biggest pieces that you have to upgrade are 
Karis LeVert because he has some value and he has you know a sizable enough contract to be able to potentially bring someone in. And then Kevin Love, which it'd be really tough because at the end of the season, it's you know I, I mean a lot of people are optimistic that he could stick with the team on a more team friendly contract as opposed to the thirty plus million that he's on at the moment. Um, and he's he feels so much like a part of the spirit of this team. Uh, but he also might be the last big chip that we have that we can try to try to bring someone in with, you know, somebody desperately, uh, if we find a team that's desperate, but, um, you know, things can turn on a dime. I don't know what's going to happen by the deadline. I would not expect us to make a, a big move. Um, but if it's there, you know, like Kobe Altman did not sit on his hands. He went for, he went for Mitchell. He cashed in his chips, so I wouldn't be shocked if if uh, the rumor mill started swirling. But I, I personally, I don't, I don't see it happening because I think they want to see what they got, and both Love and Lavert are going to be um, free agents coming into the season next season. Right, and I, I think that would make it tough. I, I saw you making a face too, John. Like, do you, do you think like Lavert and Love are really? tradable for for where the Cavs are does it make sense as a trade chip well I don't think it makes so I'm, I'm not a Levert guy I never mm -hmm. have been and I'm just not I I it's fun to see Kevin Love rejuvenated but if I were a team trading for him I'm like okay am I getting this guy who's happy and playing well or the guy from the last few years who was an absolute anchor um and an albatross on the on the salary cap. I don't think the Cavs should go for it, quite honestly, because I don't think they have any chance of winning this year. I think they are an awesome story. I love them. And I think Boston and Milwaukee are so far ahead of every team in the East because both of them are playing really well right now, and they're not even at full strength. So I think the East is just, it's decided. Like the Eastern Conference Finals, barring injury, it's going to be Boston, Milwaukee, and Cleveland's got a great young core. So just go with it and see who develops. And like, I don't know, there's so much stuff that happens and these guys make jumps. Like Garland has made a jump that people wouldn't have foreseen a few years ago. Even like some people make mega jumps like Shea Gilgis Alexander this year. You know, like all these things happen and – there are things, there are players people like that all of a sudden, like John Morant last year, right, that all of a sudden become these just incredible stars. And so I think you just go with what you have right now and get playoff reps, get that three seed, maybe four seed, and, yeah, see what happens. No need to, like, burn up any assets. I realize that, yeah, I realize they don't have any draft assets at this point, but, right. like, um, yeah, I say just stick with it unless someone makes you some great offer for Karis LeVert and you're just like tired of the guy. I, I think that's a really good point about Kevin as well because like if somebody's going to be trading for him, it's either going to be a contending team that needs that extra juice, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, who know, uh, you know, who knows, but uh, or they're seeing him as that expiring, you know, and right. so where Kevin Love as a player has the most value is in Cleveland. Like I, I, I'd be hard pressed to find a better situation for him than what he has right now. So I think that that's a, a really good point um, on him. And, uh, and I agree. Yeah. Just like see, see what these uh, kids are made of. They're going to take their lumps and they're going to grow and, 
And what I'm most excited about is seeing the developing chemistry between Garland and Mitchell. Cause it's not there yet in terms of uh, when they're both on the floor together, but they both have the ability to play on and off ball. And when it really clicks, it's, it's just going to be insane. And I'm, I'm, I'm so amped for it. Cause you know, and like Mobley so far, he's been about the guy he was last year, maybe like slightly more efficient on the offensive end, fouling a bit more on the defensive end. Um, but I think he's the guy that is kind of the, the, the project, but also is the ceiling raiser. If he's, if he can actually grow to that Garnett level expectation that people have thrown on him, then that then that's when the team becomes like championship level. And I don't think he's ready to make that leap yet. He hasn't shown that yet, but um, the tools are still there and you can see uh, things starting to progress. Right. And, and Le- both love and Levert, as you were saying, they're, um, they're players that a buyer might want to just add as role players. So they're on, they're not going to, nobody's going to give up something that'll make Cleveland better right now. So it's like, especially with love, like what's the point of trading him? Um, okay. So you, you mentioned Mobley. If, if he can make that jump, that's when they become a real contender. Is there any sense that that needs to happen in the next three years because of Mitchell's contract? I mean, yeah, I, th- I think if Mobley is the same guy he is today when Mitchell's contract has come up, then, you know, perhaps it's kind of the end of the the experiment. You know, you took a big swing and, you know, those it doesn't always work out. And maybe that's that's what happens. But but I, I don't think he will be the same guy. I think within the next three years, we're going to see so much from him. Like, obviously, uh, you know, he's still just a sophomore. He's still uh, just a young kid out there. Um, he's not uh, – and, 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 like, not just in terms of his skill, but, like, he's going to grow, like, physically. You know, you look at the younger seasons of Giannis compared to where his body is now. Like, I'm not saying that Mobley's going to become that same build, but I mean, he's a big guy and he has, uh, he's got a lot on his frame that he could, he could build up. And, uh, and I think especially with, um, rebounding and, and bullying inside, I think that's where it's going to pay off for him. Yeah. And just like Giannis, the team has his brother on the team. (laughs) That's right. Which very much felt like an appease your young star move. Like, yeah, nothing against Isaiah Mobley. And like, I don't know who else we would have drafted anyway. Um, but yeah, it was like, yeah, why not? Make it a family thing. Give him any reason to want to stick around. Yeah, you got 17 spots with the two ways. Or yeah. I mean, you know, you've got Isaiah Mobley. We've got Rick Brunson, right? Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, who do you have on Houston? That's that's a that's a family member. Um, no, no, no immediate family yeah, members. It's, it's, I would love it if um, Kenyon Martin Jr.'s dad came back. There you and go. Kinda, he could he could work the bench, you know, kind of like a do a Miami Heat style, where um, Udonis Haslam is basically too old to play, <laughs> right. but hangs out on the bench and is just a, a badass. I'm a big uh, Kmart fan, so I would take that. <laughs> Kmart senior. Let's go. Um, okay, so obviously Mitchell, I mean, would you say Mitchell's outplayed your expectations so far? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I think he's a better he's a better shooter than I expected. I expected a good shooter, but I expect it to be I don't know streakier or like higher volume, so he gets a lot of shots in, but maybe not as efficient. But he's been over forty percent. Um, he's a better passer than I would have expected, especially like when we saw him for that stretch with Garland out. He was great at uh, running the offense and setting guys up. Um, and like the defense was the biggest question mark coming into the season. And I've liked what I've seen. I mean, I haven't done a deep dive statistically of like how improved he might actually be, but the effort is clearly there. And I love seeing him use his length because he's a guy that's about six mm-hmm. one, but he's got uh, a longer wingspan. And there's been a couple of moments. I think there was one at least against the Celtics where he had to use every inch of that leaping up to grab a, a big board in in crunch time. And it was uh, just really sweet to see because it's like, this is not the guy, this is the guy that you're expecting to like hit the big shot, but he's making the efforts on the defensive end that you need to see to know that like, I mean, he's a vocal leader and you need that guy to, you know, show it too. He can't just be talking. Mm-hmm. John, do you have any final thoughts or questions on the Cavs? No, I think I think we all, when we talked about this trade before the yeah. season, we were all excited about it. Um, I've been a Mitchell guy, like always, except for I questioned his defensive effort the last couple of years, and I questioned why he would never throw the ball to Rudy Gobert. But <laughs> he's <laughs> like he, I, I love, I love watching him play. I think he is absolute just magic, and I. So I'm I'm really I'm really happy for the for the Cavs and I think um, I think Mobley will get better. I think Mobley had a um, he has great instincts and he's he's really just good at that stuff. And I think that made him maybe look better his first year because that stuff was sort of already there. But the stuff that takes longer to develop, including like the frame and all this other stuff. Um, it might make people question him a little bit now. Cause I don't think it's going to be like mm-hmm. this. I think it might be a little flatter. Um, but I think he'll be, I think he'll be great. I think he's got the the drive. And so I'm really bullish on the Cavs. And I mean, again, I don't think they can win it this year because of those two juggernauts in the East, but man, they're right there going forward. They are right there. Them. I mean, I, I would even I say if if things bounce right, they could be one of those teams where if things bounce right, they get to the finals this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there would need to be somebody, somebody would have to go down with something. It not, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, it, unless like something halfway through the season unlocks and it's all of a sudden like uh, uh, Exodia has been formed or something, <laughs> like I think we're going to be, yeah, it, it would take, like, a, a major injury for us to, like, make that level of leap this year. Um, but, yeah, with Mobley, it's not going to necessarily be a linear proje- uh, progression on everything. His three-point shooting has not come along, for instance, but that's an area of the game where I feel like he has, like, a, a smooth stroke and a soft touch, and I feel like you give it time and it's going to arrive. But um, you can't you can't always rush these things. And it's tough because it's like, well, we're in like win now mode, not like, you know, not we have to win right right mode, now. But, but yeah, it's it's your plan to win. That's right, and I think they're good enough to possibly compete. So that's why, 
Yeah, I, I would I I would expect them to make some sort of move at the margin around the deadline. And it'll be interesting to see what that is and what they think the player they need. Obviously, it's the small forward, but who is that? Who are they going to get? Um, I, I, I have a Julius Randle to sell if you want him. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't. No, no, no. What are you talking about, Johnny? He's awesome. You should have seen. Did you see his line last night? He was great last night. Um, okay, John, let's go to your team, the Houston Rockets, who probably are not going to be trading for Julius Randle this season. But you ha- so you have the worst record in the NBA, right? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Great job. Uh, right, right where you, you want to be. You have your draft pick, right? If yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's top okay. four. Protect- no, no, no. It's it's full. They have it this it's, year. Yeah, no we've, we've got it wherever yeah. it ends up. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah, how how you feeling about the franchise? I mean, it's these are tough times, right? And there is a light at the end of the tunnel in that there are a lot of talented players on the team. Uh, whether they make sense altogether um, to be determined. Whether Silas is the guy to develop them to be determined. Um, I they're just there's a lot of chucking, a lot of a lot of like pickup looking basketball when anyone but Shingoon is like sort of running things. Like Shingoon is the guy's not much of a defender. He's, he's, uh, I don't know. It's these Turkish guys like Enos Cantor or whatever, like Enos Cantor and Shingoon. I don't know. He's, he's not great on defense, but he's putting in effort and he, he's trying, but he is, he's, he's a great, um, he's a great sort of floor general out there. And so I love him. I think um, Eason and um, Martin Jr., they've been great finds for where they, like, you know, what level they were drafted and stuff like that. I think they're great. Jalen Green is not, it's not, he's not, he has not made the leap I was hoping to see Mm. this year, but he's also playing in sort of a messy situation and he still has a lot of the, physical skills and I'm not going to give up on I'm definitely not giving up I'm I'm a fan he can get by anybody he just he needs to develop more I would say I'm a a little bit like Jabari Smith right now like Mm -hmm. it it really I don't watch a lot of college basketball because it's utterly unwatchable (laughs) but but like so basically all my <laughs> takes for for the the drafts and stuff like that were like other people being like this guy and I'm watching just highlights of him and the guy has a stroke and he's tall like he's unblockable I don't know I you know he is not this is not a a Wiseman situation like he's not going to the G League and getting like it's not like that but the fact that people were talking about him as number one is mm-hmm. is just a little off. And I know that Paolo Bancaro is not playing like a rookie, and so that sort of throws off the scale. But mm, he's got to get better. He's got to get better, and he's got to get more aggressive. And I, he's the guy's taking like four shots a game. I mean, it's it's well as I re- as I remember it in the draft, wasn't it basically the like great shooter can shoot over anybody um but not necessarily a creator was kind definitely of- 
absolutely not yeah. a creator. Which like, is no especially but, tough on a on a team where you're not running a good system, you're not getting him set up, you know, if he's not in a good situation where he can have those open shots and stuff, it, it's going to be tougher to develop. Certainly, It is. And he's not like, he's just not comfortable out there yet. And I get it. Like it's hard. It's gym game basketball is tough. So I think that he's got to get, he, he and um, Jalen green have to develop chemistry and the whole team has to sort of figure out what it is and what it's doing. Like right now they're getting a whole lot of reps and getting a lot of mistakes out of their system and that's fine. I realize that's part of the process, but man, it is tough to watch right now. Like, it's just not good basketball. Okay. Can I ask about uh, Tari Eason? Because this is a guy that, because he's a wing with length, there were a lot of Cavs fans that were like salivating over him. Like, we got to take him at 14. We got to take him at 14. And then we didn't. And everyone was upset. And now that draft pick ended up in Utah anyway. So like it would would not have really mattered, um, but I but I'm curious about like what you're seeing from him so far and uh, and and what that might mean for his future as maybe part of a core with Green Sangoon whatever. Oh, I think he's I think he's part of it. Um, I don't know how everyone fits together, but I like that he's like the guy can score and he's he's just a he's like he plays with a lot of intensity. Um, good defender. He's the type of guy that um, he's not going to be your number one, but he's the guy that you want on your um, as your three or four or whatever, like on on a good team. I think he's I think he's great guy, great potential, and because he works so hard, I think he's going to get a lot better. It's so hard to tell in the first year where these guys are going to end up, right? Like even someone you know, like talking about John Morant earlier, like John Morant was not a he was not on a track to be a super duper star his first season you know he was just good he was good and he wouldn't have even won rookie of the year if zion had played a few more games right he was he was good he was solid playing a small market and then you know the guy works like crazy and is an absolute beast and so he kept getting better and i don't know we'll see where where these guys go i'm optimistic about the future i really really think we could use a giant frenchman in the middle and not not go bare. Um. <laughs> I'm sure maybe that trade's available to you. Um, I don't know. Need, yeah, you have five draft picks flying around. <laughs> By the way, Jalen Green has been awesome over the last two weeks. He may have started off not not so well, but his last uh, looking at his last six games. Um, talking about um, sharing the ball, six assists, seven assists, six, six, three, and four. Um, scored over 30 points twice, over 23 times. Um, not great shooting last game, but, I mean, three-point percentage. He's, I guess, in the month of November, he's 39.7%, 82.4 from the line. So he he's really coming on. He's looking really good. He, he's a legit scorer. The thing is, there's no system around him. So it is like a Jalen Green break down the defense. Jalen Green, chuck, a, chuck an open three. Like, And he's awesome enough to to thrive under these circumstances, but this is just not winning basketball. And I realize we're not supposed to be playing winning basketball right now, so I get it. But like, it's just it's hard to watch after a while. Do you think that's the talent or Silas? 
I don't know because I don't know enough about Silas. Like his dad was, you know, a longtime coach, but as old school as you get. You gotta have your dad right? there on the bench with you. That's the that's the ticket. But like, I, so I I don't know. There's not enough. I haven't seen enough from him to really know what he's about. Um, if he's just like, well, this is probably the best we can do right now, <laughs> or if he's like, if he's playing some sort of long game or or what it is. Um, I think all this stuff is good. It's 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 good experience. It's good. It's just it's not a good like product to watch mm-hmm. right now, and that's fine because like i don't have that much time to watch it so i you know that's great um and i i really i'm still bullish on the team i'm going into the year i was probably more excited because i hadn't seen jabari smith look like this and and so i'm i'm less excited than i was at the start of the year but um i'm still you know we'll see yeah i i, I mean obviously this season is about um, it's just about the development of Jalen Green and Jabari Smith. I mean, the other guys are important too. Mm-hmm. You want as much value as you can out of them. But though it's like if though one at least one of those two guys becomes like a uh, all NBA M- all NBA level player or on the track to it, then you know you've got a core building. Um, and I think Jalen Green has really been impressive. I think he can. I think he'll be all NBA someday. Like he he's. He's he's really really good. He's fun to watch too. Like yeah, it's just yeah. It hurts me as a basketball fan, like <laughs> to to kind of see the disorder and all that stuff. But watching his highlights is always fun. Okay. Um, if you were to do a redo of the twenty twenty one draft, where do you think who who would you take ahead of Jalen Green? And you have. Just to re- recap that draft, you had Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, Josh Giddy, um, you have Franz Wagner. Um, some uh, that's probably it as far as yeah. Players. I would I would probably at this point I would still take Cade ahead mm-hmm. of him um, and Mobley. I think the um, he and Mobley are just such dramatically different players that I like, they're just, they just fit completely different roles. They're just in different worlds. So I, I don't know how to compare the, the two. Um, I like his, I like watching him more than I like watching Mobley just because like he's a three level mm-hmm. scorer and can do all this crazy stuff. So Yeah. I, th- I would take I would take him second wow. at this point. I'm just Scotty Barnes is fine. I just think Scotty Barnes' ceiling is lower than those than those guys. I I definitely um, felt like looking back at the draft during during the season during the that rookie of the year race that like it really felt like most of the teams got what they wanted because mm-hmm. like you know I don't think the Pistons would do anything but Cade. I don't think the Raptors would want anyway but Scotty. Um, right. We're certainly enamored with Mobley and, and Jalen Green. Yeah, has has that, you know, and is the kind of player that you need when you're when you're rebuilding. Because I th- feel like Mobley fit the situation really well and somehow helped the team click last year unexpectedly. Um, and I, you know, if you switch it around with any of those other guys, I'm not sure 
things go the same way. I don't, uh, I don't yeah. know how my, how it might've went. Which is yeah, kind of weird. Cause I feel like everyone did get kind of what they wanted. I don't know that Jalen Suggs at least last no. year lived up to sort of the hype, but, but I think Franz Wagner Certainly. was probably better than oh, they yeah. thought they were going to get it at his at seven or wherever he was. So yeah, it's weird. I, I, I feel like a lot of those teams would just do their same draft pick again. It was a great draft. I, th- I think I think I would take um, I would take Barnes over Jalen Green, but I really like Jalen Green. Um, and I think I would take Franz Wagner over Jalen Green. Uh, probably last year, I probably because I'm a little crazy, I would have said I would have taken Josh Giddy over Green, but I don't think I would do that anymore. Even though I still love Josh Giddy, he's awesome. Um, he is awesome. He's yeah. not awesome. Yes, Giddy he up, is. Dog. Giddy up, man. That guy's got some. <laughs> Some crazy transition passes. Okay. Um, all right. I think that's good recap of 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 the Rockets. Ethan. John, did we get a number from you for for a one, yeah, one, two, to, one to ten? How are you feeling about the franchise? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm probably. I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess I'm in the three four range on um, on this just because. You know, seeing how good Paolo was and know how good he is and knowing he was number one on Houston's board and mm-hmm. this whole thing, like thinking they were going to get him. Yeah, till draft and, night. And until draft night. And so um, I was like, we got Jabari. I was like, okay, cool. This guy's going to defend better than Paolo. And and so, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not sold on Jabari right now, but – Give me time. Give me time. He's gonna get better. Yeah. Give you time. <laughs> Give you time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I still think there's a chance he has a midseason breakout. But um, if you get the number one pick this year, it won't even matter. Yeah, none of it. None of this matters. If we have an 18 percent shot plus whatever lottery balls the Nets generously yeah, throw our way yeah. if they continue shitting the bed. So um, that changes everything. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a reason to maybe go from like a three to four to a five. It's just knowing you have those Nets picks. That's that's true. I do. I am enjoying that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have either of you been able to see your team win the lottery? I've had the pleasure. I, no, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Have any of you guys, me from Cleveland, I've seen it a few do, times. Do we look like Cavs fans? No, <laughs> they win every year. No, Houston. Houston did win the lottery. Um, the year I did not want them to win the lottery, which was the Yao Ming year, because um, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this guy, it's just there's too much uncertainty, and I, it's he's like, there's no, I, I don't know, it was, it was too crazy for me, but um, I'm glad they won, and I, I, I ended up being a huge Yao Ming fan, love yeah. the guy. I wish the Chinese government hadn't destroyed his feet, mm-hmm. but the, um, me too. but yeah, that's the only time that I've had it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was alive for Ewing, but I wasn't really... With the frozen envelope? Like well, the... uh, you know, maybe. Um... Bar of Exorcist 3, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Is he really an Exorcist? Oh, yeah, he's a... he, has a, he has a cameo in the dream sequence. Oh, wow. Along um... with uh, Sam Jackson and Fabio. 
Sounds like a good movie. It is. A, it is a good movie. I would. It's one would, of the top three Exorcist. Yeah. Movies. Okay. <laughs> top two. Top two. Actually. Oh, that's good. No one yeah. likes the second. It's it's like the Indiana Jones trilogy, where the third is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The second best. Yeah, okay. that's fair. It's fair. Sean Connery shows up <laughs> <laughs> as the Exorcist's dad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so as for my New York Knicks, um. I think last time we did the show, I probably gave them like a six or seven because they were off to a really good start. Um, I'm at like a five now. Um, I was probably like a three, like four days ago. Um, and then they had two really nice games in, against Utah and Denver on the road. I, I thought before this road trip, I think I may have said this to you, John, last time you were on when we were talking um, like a week into the season that... They had like, they had seven games. They were kind of tough, plus a five game road trip. And then at the end of that road trip, if they were in bad shape, that might be the time when they would fire a coach, do some total shake things up, how, whatever that means. So I thought beginning of this road trip that um, there was a chance that Thibodeau coached his last game at the garden. I don't, think so now because the Knicks just won two games where they played with some great effort. Julius Randle looked good. It's weird. I they're they're um they're eight and seven. They're they would be in the play in right now. Half a game behind Cleveland. Yeah. Eight and right seven. There. Um Julius Randle off- offensively the team's been good. Julius Randle I- I've actually liked the way he's played offensively. I can't even quibble too much about the rotations. You know, one of the things is Obi Toppin doesn't maybe, maybe doesn't play enough. Um, but he, they, Tibbs is playing him and Randall together. Obi Toppin has started to average probably more than 20 minutes a game recently. It's just, there's, it, the problem is, it's just like, do we have any core pieces? Like we were just talking about with Houston, whether it's Jalen Green and Jabari Smith who are the real core pieces to get you a championship. So I think the plan for the Leon Rose front office, especially after that first year where they surprisingly made the playoffs and had a nice run, or not not a nice run in the playoffs, but had a nice regular season, was let's stay good, acquire future assets, and when the big move presents itself, we'll, we'll make it. And then it presented itself this this summer. And I think rightly, correctly, at the time of maybe making that trade for Donovan Mitchell, they realized that if they were to make, if they were to put in the assets that Utah wanted, they would be done as far as moves they can make. And at that point, they would not be a championship contender like to make a move of that caliber with that many of your own unprotected picks. It has to be your last move in terms of core pieces. Cause you're kind of done. Then you're, you're going to be capped out and you have no more draft picks to trade. They were probably hoping they could trade their protected picks. So now that leaves them in a situation where they can't, do two of those moves. Their their only way towards being a championship contender is kind of what the Clippers or the Nets did 
three years ago where they were able to either sign or sign and trade for two superstars in an offseason. So they're kind of stuck. It's like, I, 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 to be honest, I was kind of rooting for them to like lose the last couple of games so they could get rid of Tibbs and then just kind of change direction. But even if they were to do that, it's like, what is the move towards bottoming out and getting some high-quality talent? Randall's, maybe you could get something for him. Um, probably not much, but just it would it would kind of help the direction of the team, I think, um, making Obi the starter. The the kind of like out of the box move might be, which I, I don't think they would ever do this, would be trading Jalen Brunson because he could actually get you something in return. And trading Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson's been their best player this year. Jalen Brunson's awesome. I love Jalen Brunson. Uh, maybe awesome is strong, but he's really good. And that would make them a bad team. So, I don't know. The 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 reason I'm um just like not feeling great is like they're pretty good, but I don't see the path towards ever becoming a contender. With the Knicks, yeah, blow it up. Yeah, I yeah, but Knicks, like, it does blow I, it up. Like, uh, sorry, does blow it up mean trading Jalen Brunson? No, I think they just they have to figure out <laughs> everything the, else. The most the best asset they have right now is next year's pick. Right. Right. Like because. RJ, God love him, has not he's not been ascended great this year. to superstar level. And Jalen Brunson is at or near his ceiling, which is great. Like I love, I love his game, and I think he's I think he's a fun guy to have on your team. Man, they need to win that effing lottery or at <laughs> least come in the top yeah. three or wherever. I don't otherwise all their all those first round picks they have are just hot garbage. Like they're all they're all protected, and it is it's a mess. It really is. I'm sorry. the The way that you described like the the maybe the only path is like getting a couple superstars to sign in the off season feels like the the hope of the Knicks for like two decades now. like <laughs> right that, like as long as lebron was in cleveland it was like but he'll come to the knicks next and that'll change everything right um yeah so it's it's a shame to hear they're kind of in the same spot only instead of like being bad at least they're like you know a watchable team that is on that on that same uh you know i path. like a lot of the players on their team i love ob uh quickly has been great this year um, I, I love RJ, even though he hasn't been great this year. And Jalen Brunson is fun. And like I said, even Randall, I kind of like the way he's playing this year. I can't hate him. Um, it's just that they don't have one superstar or clear future superstar. So they have enough ammo to get another star level player. Like they could have gotten Donovan Mitchell if they really wanted to. It's just they don't have another player to add him to. And once you make that trade, you you have nothing left. You have no more bullets in the chamber. So yeah. we will just hope that. Uh, <laughs> and like, know, the, the, the super team thing is out of fashion now. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. oh, now the Knicks can get a super team now that it's out of fashion. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> well, at least now it, it's like 
uh, and I'm not holding out hope this will happen because free agency doesn't happen in the same way anymore. But um, the year that uh, Durant and Kyrie became free agents, they part of the reason they went to Brooklyn is one because Kyrie said so, but two because Brooklyn actually had they they ended up uh, squandering it, but they had a a deep team of role players at the time. They had Jared Allen, they had uh, Karis Levert, they had Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> Jared Allen, Karis Levert. Um, and, and then the Clippers at the same time, they did it by signing one and then making the trade right at the same time. They had a deep team, still have a deep team, but Kawhi's been injured all of, for all of it. I think the Knicks have that right now. They have, they like, if they were to add two superstars, they would have a deep team around them. I think like a, uh, 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 a core of role players of like Obi quickly, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett would be really fun. Um, it's just what's the path to getting those two guys? What's what's the cap situation looking like? Um, it's so yeah. I mean they're 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 capped out, but like they they could clear space if they wanted to. Uh, and Fournier's signed for one more year. Um, none of none of their contracts are like terrible contracts. But if they if they ex- extend Obi and quickly, which might be coming up, then they start to get into a situation where they have no cap space. Um, still, you could always do a. I feel like you could always do a sign and trade now. So the cap situation is okay. I don't. I don't think they have like they're in a situation with these terrible contracts that are like four years out. So yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it it's just basically they their hopes were hinging on RJ making a leap this year, and he has thus far not. Right, but that's not to say he can't, because again, these things are not always linear, and like. I don't know. It's also an adjustment period with someone who has the ball as much as Jalen Brunson comes in, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's a big change. So uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But man, it's it's not great. Yeah, I, I think they were hoping they I mean, they were def- clearly hoping that they could get Donovan Mitchell in a trade that was like four of those protected and two of their own unprotected, so that they would still have enough assets left to make another big trade but it's just utah wouldn't wouldn't budge and cleveland's you fucking assholes swept (laughs) (laughs) do what they had to do do what you have to do it's doggy dog but i I mean uh, like we gave them players that now they're like yeah somehow better like larry marketing's falling out yeah larry marketing's probably gonna Um, be most improved we're the same seed the the Cavs East and West. But um but Larry, what about um that other pipe dream for Knicks fans um about Shea you know <laughs> becoming unhappy and you know demanding <laughs> a trade? Uh, I feel like that one's even more out of reach. Um well nothing's out of reach with Oklahoma City, but Well <laughs> No, Shea is awesome. Shea's like He's, I think he's my favorite non-Nick in the NBA. I fucking love that guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Oklahoma City's trading him in anytime soon. And Oklahoma City's really playing well. 
And uh, they're a team. So their record is probably the same. They're, I think they're about the same as the Knicks right now. Except with them, you you see the core pieces. Definitely There's SGA. Seven and eight. So. Seven and eight. So, yeah. So, so even a worse record, but a better situation. They, they, yeah. I mean, they have, they have one guy in a championship core. I think two with Giddy. Um, Giddy, I up, John, don't give that face. Yeah. You need to watch. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, like, Josh Giddy. Giddy, is, Giddy is fine. I just, I don't know, guys. I don't know. If he's a championship player. Like, Future MVP Hall of Famer Josh Giddy. I'm used to he's, it. He's fun. He's exciting. A little bit reckless. I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't love the guy. He's <laughs> he's fine. He's fine in this situation. Like he's perfect for what they're trying to do, which is just like, shit. You want to throw a full court pass? Awesome. Go. Let's just <laughs> let's have you know. Let's light it up. But I'm not a I'm not a believer in him as much as I am like Shea and possibly Chet as far as cornerstone pieces for that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's good. I, I think he's right there. Um, I mean, and Chet, we'll see. Um, yeah, so I, I think what we were getting at with the Knicks is probably the best path forward is fire Tibbs, um, trade Julius Randle. Doesn't really matter what the return is. Ouch. And then <laughs> <laughs> so Hope that o- Obi Toppin could be the starting four. Um, <laughs> I mean, Fournier is kind of already out of the rotation. Uh, move him if you can. Move Dark Rose if you can. Otherwise, I mean, if not, who cares? And then just play the rest, of, play out the rest of the season with a rotation of Brunson, RJ, Cam Reddish, who's been really good this year. Uh, Ob, some combination of Mitch and Hartenstein, another player I like. Um, then quickly, um, yeah, and just like let that core just kind of grow, and hopefully they're they'll be in the lottery mix. But I think they're going to be too good to be in the Wembenyama mix, and then they're just going to stay at mediocrity for a while. I mean, but they, you know, the the number like the worst team gets like what is it fourteen percent? I think fourteen percent mm-hmm. is the like the worst three or four teams each get fourteen percent. So if the Knicks do miss the playoffs and they're not like way down there, there's still a you know few percentage points chance sliver of hope there's a sliver of hope hope, which is you know the same as hoping two free agents come (laughs) but like look at um i don't know new orleans wasn't the worst team when they when they won um i don't know oh my god it's i I know it's gonna happen they're gonna be they're gonna be in the play-in and i'm gonna be rooting for them to lose in the (laughs) play-in And it's not going to even matter. They're going to stick with like I the eleventh pick. I think though the the craziest thing is if, if you're if you're Rob Polenka, you have got to be like, I got to do anything I can to avoid the lottery because if this yeah. team goes to the lottery and wins the Wimbledon sweepstakes <laughs> and hands them over to New Orleans, like they're going to run me out of town. Um, although Genie Bus would probably give him another extension for that. I don't know. It's, <laughs> things are things. That are is crazy. the scenario I'm waiting for. But <laughs> it would be exciting in New Orleans, New Lordy. It would be New so Lordy bad have a good for, future, yeah. For them to do that. I don't know. Uh, it's it's gonna be crazy. A lot to 
lot to lot to see the rest of the year because like the teams like New Orleans or teams like San Antonio rather in Utah that were supposed to be bad, you know, good. Yeah, and that's really- the that's the thing going for the Knicks. Like they uh, aren't so far behind in the sweepstakes because of how good like Utah and OKC and even Indiana and San Antonio are playing. So. Indiana's really good. Yeah. Jesus. Halliburton, man. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking Kings. <laughs> <laughs> he was hey, like, they, hey, they got Keegan Murray. So they got, they, they, Murray. They got yeah. not Jaden Ivey. So they're good. Keegan Murray is better than Jaden Ivey right now. I, don't I just know, don't know. I don't know about that. In in oh, in yeah. summer league, he's he a more was. complete basketball player. Jaden Ivey's more electric, and you know. But I I think I think Keegan Murray is. I mean, Keegan Murray's like six years older than Jaden Ivey, so that that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, neither neither of them are Josh Giddy, so you know. No, that's, how good that, that's true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is unequivocally true. Neither of them are Josh Giddy. All right. One more, uh, especially as it concerns the Knicks, but in general, NBA thing I want to talk about is one of my favorite times of the year is when the City Edition uniforms come out. Uh, I love the City Edition uniforms. And like every year, the Knicks released a bundle of shit. It's this boring, unimaginative piece of crap. I've They've never had a good... They've had decent City Edition uniforms. Um, and you know what? I'm tired of waiting, so... I took it into my own hands and I designed a few. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Larry. And um Ooh. let me let me show you what that is about. This is exciting. I'm actually like really big into to like uniform discussion. I'm 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 excited to see what you got here. Cool. All right. So better next city jersey. Just for context, what are the city edition jerseys? This is how uh NBA.com defines it and you know it comes out once a year. It's a uh, hyper it tells hyper local stories that connect the court, community, and culture. The edition allows the team to tell a story that's unique to their city through boundary pushing designs. City edition uniforms can be any color to allow for authentic connections to be drawn between fans, their local culture, and their NBA team. And I think the key there is hyper local, the local culture community it's supposed to be about your city and what better city than new york which has like a million things you could draw upon and uh they still draw upon nothing so cleveland now your mileage may vary on this design not the greatest design but you gotta like the concept right ethan this is the rock and roll hall of fame jersey right yes where uh, they spelled out, Cle- you know, Cleveland, of course, is favorite for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They spelled out the letters of Cleveland with different fonts from different famous bands' fonts, like the D and Pink Floyd is the D at the end here. Really cool concept. Shows something about the city of Cleveland. Then, again, this year, I, I think their new design is pretty nice. Um, I-, I like it. I've always thought, like, a brown and light blue combo is kind of underrated. It's not a very traditional sports look, but I, I mean, I kind of like this. I don't, uh, you know, it, I'm not sure about the, like the circles as much. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, uh, not a super clear connection to the Metro parks, which is like the inspiration, but, 
Um, we've definitely had worse ones. Um, I really liked our, our last year one, which was basically like a mashup thing. But uh huh. So the Metro Parks, what's that? Well, it's like the city park system essentially. So okay. the uh, and I I don't know if it's just like a Northeast Ohio thing. My uh, fiance also when I said the word Metro Park, she's like, "Is that like a parking lot or something?" <laughs> it's just like uh, the Summit County and and the Cleveland Metro Parks. They you know they um, it's just the the local park system basically. And, and Cleveland has uh, a very nice. Uh, park system in general and the metro parks also has um like the the zoo is a the metro park zoo okay cool and that's what some of these i don't know the circles are and then it says i mean i don't know how accurate this is it says that uh the blue represents lake erie i don't know if it, lake erie is quite that shade of blue the brown is the rich <laughs> soil that the yeah, land it should be brown on. for lake erie where <laughs> and blue for the soil <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the land is like what they call cleveland and it has some tie to the geography it's it's something cool I, I i and it looks nice it's a, it's a imaginative design that's different from their usual it's better than i the leaks like when the first leak came out i was like because mm, i thought <laughs> they were going for like a gold just like gold and white and it'd be very plain but it's it's nicer than i expected yeah, I think they're one of the best ones this year. Okay, Phoenix, uh, they had the famous valley, uh, which is supposed to represent the sunset you see oh, in our, over the Arizona desert. This year's is turquoise to represent the significant stone to the Navajo people that are indigenous to the area. Miami, they did the Miami Vice theme, you know, specific to the city and then they kind of stuck with it for four years but i liked the idea of iterating over a concept and then coming out with a different one for with that concept each year i think that it gives you a good chance to get some uh multiple versions of a of a concept okay and then this is new york's you know same font as a regular jersey it should uh, just be there like third alt or whatever like exactly this is like a statement jersey which it's, like it's nice it's nice that, it's nice but even like look at the description the new york knicks kith uh nike and the nba reprise the partnerships blah 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 it takes inspiration from the late 90s to 2000s and the uniform bridges this and then the v-neck and who cares but it never says anything about the city of new york it doesn't represent anything about new york it's just like Oh, we wanted to make this design in a black color, but uh, okay. I'd still personally take it over the that city that never sleeps one. Oh yeah, that, that was terrible. That wasn't for me. That no. was see, they've been trying to do the same thing for three years now, or they've been trying to use the city edition to come out with a black jersey, and that one was black with the orange and blue circle, and they've just they finally like hit on a nicer version of that, but again, not imaginative, not good. Not the and, prompt. Yeah, and what are you, you going to do? So, New York City has, you know, it's the greatest city in the world, has so much stuff that no other city has, and what is something that New York has that no other city in the NBA could say they have, and you could do a different thing with that theme every year, and that is... Sandwiches. Broadway! <laughs> All right. Mm, okay, okay. 
Here we go. The Broadway series. So each year, the Knicks will release a new city edition uniform celebrating an iconic Broadway musical. Um, and I'm, I would also say taking inspiration from the, the Playbill cover art for that musical. Along with a jersey inspired by the musical, the Knicks will create a court design representing the show, incorporate the music and video packages from the show in their, the way they introduce the starting lineup, segments between uh, during commercial breaks. They could have members of the cast come and the chorus from the show singing the intro for the players. So there's lots of cross-branding, but also each year you, you pick a different musical and you make a jersey that represents that. Starting with... Um, and it would, ha- it would have to start this year because <laughs> Chicago, Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chicago. Um, that's probably one they can't do, unfortunately. <laughs> Phantom of the Garden. Okay, okay, right. You got okay the orange colored, so it still ties to the Knicks, but you got this, you know, the mask, obviously. Fan of the Opera, the the fonts that represent that's you know the way Fan of the Opera is written. New York is written in that font to show the, like the shattered glass, and where the other jersey had the orange and blue sides, this has a rose lining the side. And Julius, I think Julius Randall would look cool in that jersey. I would buy that jersey. I dig the rose. I I would say take the mask off of the jersey okay. and make everyone wear those face masks. <laughs> the Rip Hamilton. The Rip Hamilton, yeah, Ooh, like, yeah, that's a good idea. I, it's kind of though, it's kind of weird the time timing wise because Phantom's finally closing. Yeah, I know, right? Like it's it's sort of last hurrah. Yeah, it's sort of like, oh hey, here's the here are the Knicks. They're on a downward trend <laughs> in closing. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is this is a franchise that's living on its pat in its past. And right. Not really oh, yeah, like, but that's their thing now with the oh, it ties to their '90s jerseys. So maybe if next year, if they did Phantom, it'd be like a rejuvenation, right? A revival. I, I think you got to go. I don't think you can do a musical that's happening right now, and certainly not one that's closing this year. Right. I think you go like older, mm-hmm. and I guess you lose the cast stuff, like Oklahoma. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. But you can do stuff. I think it's a really cool idea. Thank you. Um, and really, really fun. I think you just, yeah, I think you got to like watch out for the, I think you go real iconic and not just mm-hmm. currently running ones. Um, right. But yeah. Um, so, and and the beauty of it is every year the fans and the musical theater nerds are saying, which jersey are the Knicks going to do this year? Which show? Uh, of course, and you would have. Color dream jersey. I thought about that. I, I, I did want to design that one because that would, you know, you just have that like 60s psychedelic font with like the paint, the rainbow paintbrush or just make the whole thing look like a Technicolor dream coat. Yeah. Oh, but but cats would be the best, right? <laughs> you go for eyes. a full on cat suit. <laughs> five furries. It gives the them court. an excuse for uh, uh, for a mascot. The Knicks don't have a mascot, so they could... Um, have a phantom. I'd be happy to play the phantom up in the rafters. <laughs> uh, okay, so another one, of course, everybody's favorite new musical, Hamilton. That looks good. Yeah, you got the wet, thank you. The base is the weathered parchment effect, but in orange. Uh, and our, our number nine for R.J. Barrett. And um, 
And then it's like you could get uh, a bit more idiosyncratic with what other musicals you do, ones that I think a lot of NBA players would like to represent, and that is Kinky Boots. Ooh, that's actually sweet. <laughs> Thank that you. Really, that was really good. I mean, really good. come on. The K, you already have the K. K. And the team's name starts with a K. Red glitter design. I, I, you got to love it. I do. I mean, and also sometimes jer- jerseys come with specific colored, like, compression sleeves and tights that they wear. Do the red glitter tights <laughs> is representing the knee-high boots. Uh, I think that, oh yeah, it's a winner. This is the winner? All right. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's ludicrous and, uh, but also like, it's a great concept. You have the, the K is a perfect tie-in. <laughs> and I agree that like having a distinct pattern, like the red glitter is like a perfect way to build around a look. Yeah, exactly. And most important, it's represents New York City. It's hyper local as the NBA says so that of course is my what i've been doing this week while my bosses thought i was working <laughs> love it thank you um special shout out to sports template.net which had the photoshop template that i used nice all right any um any uh final thoughts about the nba uh, I like. I give a shout out to the NBA for the um, election night off mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a. I thought that was a good call. It was pretty fun having fifteen games on Monday. And oh, that then, was awesome! The way they started yeah. every fifteen minutes. It was like March Madness. No, that so that was really cool. And I think then, and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like they were opening a lot of arenas for polling places and stuff like that. Oh. Isn't that something that they did? Um, so anyway. I yeah, shout out to them, so, and then like all the PSAs or whatever, telling people to vote and and so forth. So I like well that. executed idea, definitely. Yeah, I think that's why uh, Democrats did better than expected. Thanks, NBA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ethan, any plugs? Any thoughts? Ah uh, no, I'll just uh, say the you know it's you know getting to cold times and uh, holiday season, so you know, be willing to like give out there in your communities and, uh, you know, especially, uh, people without homes out there, you know, be, be, have a, have a generous heart. It's tough out there. Good words. Good words. And <laughs> no, it's, I'm serious. And, uh, a good, another, a good fundraiser is Broadway cares. And uh, yes. <laughs> that Just, can uh, help raise money. If you did this Jersey idea, um, yeah. Anyway, I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on all social media. You could subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams. And may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Thunder.